Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. First Kings chapter three. First Kings chapter three. But having the last few weeks just been amazing. Well, what a privilege to have Dave Reaver we had here and um, the, the family from, from Canada standing up and resisting. What, what, a, what a great uh, faith-filled uh, few weeks. And so I want to talk this morning about how to see in the dark seeing in the dark, and I'm going to start with uh, uh, maybe a known but an interesting story out of 1 Kings, starting in verse or chapter 3, verse 16, and it says this, now two prostitutes came to the king, this is Solomon, he's just been installed, he's just building the temple, it's all this stuff, so David, King David's son Solomon is now stepping into his throne, and right out of the gate he gets hit with kind of this unique and difficult case. And I uh, also love that the Bible doesn't really care about like, kind of like, kind of purifying and sanitizing stories. It just comes right out. There's two prostitutes. It doesn't say like these two ladies. You know what I mean? Like it could have like tried to make it sound better, feel better, be a little bit nicer. And it's just like two prostitutes came to the king and stood before him. One of them said, pardon me, my Lord, this woman and I live in the same house. I had a baby while she was there with me. The third day after my child was born, this woman also had a baby. We were alone. There was no one in the house but the two of us. During the night, say during the night, during the night, this woman's son died because she lay on him. So she got up in the middle of the night, took my son from my side while, I was, uh, while your servant was asleep. She put him by her breast and put her dead son by my breast. The next morning, I got up to nurse my son, and he was dead. But when I looked at him closely in the morning light, I saw that it wasn't my son I had born. The other woman said, no, the living one is my son, the dead one is yours. But the first one ins insisted, no, the dead one is yours, the living one is mine. Uh, and so they argued before the king. The king said, uh, this one says, my son's alive, your son is dead. Well, the other one says, no, your son is dead, mine is alive. Then the king said, bring me a sword. How many know this is about to get wild, right? So, so they brought a sword for the king. He then gave an order, cut the living child in two, give half to the one and half to the other. The woman whose son was alive was deeply moved out of love for her son and said to the king, please, my Lord, give her the living baby. Don't kill him. But the other said, neither I nor you shall have him. Cut him in two. Then the king gave this ruling, give the living baby to the first woman. Do not kill him. She is the mother. When all Israel heard the verdict the king had given, they held the king in awe because they saw that he had wisdom from God to administer justice. It's a very unique, powerful, and insightful story. And in this scenario, well, one of the things that we see, it feels like similar today in the sense where there's a lot of confusion going on about what is right and what is wrong. 
the culture that we live in is, is, is in an absolute daze at reality. Trying to figure things out, trying to discern the times, trying to figure out where, what's up, what's down, what's left, what's right. How do we navigate situations? And so there's a lot of uncertainty and there's a lot of confusion. But us as believers do not have to live that way. Right? Believers in Jesus Christ, those of us who have God's word, we do not have to live in constant confusion and uncertainty about what is right and what is wrong. Right? And actually, our world really, really needs us to be able to see in the dark. When it feels dark, because this, this deception happened in the dark, in the middle of the night. This switch happened, this, this deception, this trickery happens in the middle of the night and she wakes up to a confused reality and you know, accusations and lies and this whole situation going on and she doesn't know uh, or the, 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 the kind of the verdict around them is going, okay, we, both, we got two sides of the story. One's saying this is my son, the other one's saying this is her son and, and how, do we, how do we cut through it? How do we get clarity? How do we see beyond the moment? And God has called each of us to be the one who brings clarity to confused places, who brings, um, you know, kind of light into the darkness. We have to be able to see in the dark. Just moments before this story kind of unfolds in the verses before it, uh, God comes to King Solomon in a dream and asks him, say, hey, what do you want me to do for you? And he says, give your servant, in verse 9, give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong. Or another verse translation say to separate. To be able to separate it. Sometimes in the world, it's okay, how do we separate between light and darkness? God in the very beginning separated the light from the dark, the day from the night. We have to learn how to be able to separate it. So he comes to God and, and says, God, give me wisdom. You know, this verse is what I pray oftentimes uh, for, for Pastor Katie and I as we're leading Brescia Campus. Say, God, give us wisdom to lead your people. Uh, I don't take it lightly. We don't take it lightly. Thank you. A lot of you guys were commenting like last uh, week was sort of a officially, unofficially one year in for us uh, as campus pastors at Bresci. And so it was fun. It's been fun. But this is the prayer that I have. God give us wisdom uh, to discern, to know what's right, to lead well, to love people, right? And so the king has this this reality of engaging God and asking for wisdom. And it actually says in verse 10, the Lord was so pleased with Solomon that he asked for this. So God said to him, since you have asked for this and not for long life or wealth for yourself, nor have asked for the death of your enemies, but for discernment in administering justice. You wonder if Solomon's like, wait, were those options? Was that, as he's going, wait, wealth, death of my enemies. Okay, uh, because you did not, ask for those, I will do what you have asked, and I will give you a wise heart and discerning heart so that you will never um, have, there will never have been anyone like you, nor will there ever be. Moreover, I will give you what you have not asked for. How good is God? Sometimes, you know, he's saying, I want you to be specific. I want you to ask for things. But, you know, sometimes God gives you what you don't even ask for because he's just, he's good, right? 
uh, I will give you what you have not asked for, both wealth and honor, which the verses like this don't go very well if you believe that Christians should be broke and poor, okay? So, so I will give you what you have not asked for, both wealth and honor, so that in your lifetime you will have no equal among kings. Wow, that's pretty wild. So Solomon chooses what's right. So I need to be able to see in the dark, right? And us as awakened church, and we know that's what has been unique in how God has blessed our church and all of our campuses, is that we have lead pastors who have saw in the dark. They've seen through the lies. They've seen through the narratives. They've seen through the, the obscurity that comes from a confused culture. And they've continued to say, hey, guys, here's where we're going. This is what's next. This is what God is saying. This is what we need to charge after. That clarity and conviction in the middle of confusion times has, is what has actually allowed so many of us to continue to accelerate, to continue to rise, to continue to step into the purpose that God has for us. But God has called all of us to be able to see. Even when it's uncertain, even when it's night out, we got to see in the dark. And as darkness continues to try to prevail, there needs to be an increase of clarity from the church, right? God's people should be the ones sounding the alarm for truth more than anybody else, right? Because they're going to look for, they're looking for a light. They're looking for a guidepost. They're looking for something to navigate them home. They're looking for a lighthouse so they don't slam into the rocks, right? navigating through life. Somebody has to be the one shining the light. Somebody has to be the one sounding the alarm. Somebody has to be bringing clarity to a confused area and to a confused season. And we need to be able to bring that light. I mean, if, if it's dark, what's your first instinct? I need to find a light somewhere. I got a flashlight. I need to turn on a light. I need to do something where I can bring light to it. And what is the light that each of us have is in 1 John chapter 2. I love this is all from our reading this week. If you're on the one-year reading plan with us, and if you're behind, it's all good. Don't even call it behind. Just if you're reading the Bible, that's what matters, okay? So don't freak out. Some people are like, because um, uh, Tiger and I were kind of spearheaded this project for our church as far as the reading plans and all that, anytime somebody references a a verse that's like maybe a couple months behind the reading plan, they go, they they feel like they have to apologize to me that they're not on the right reading plan. And I'm just like, it's okay. It's, it's okay. You're reading the Bible. That's, that's what I care about, right? You're, you're all good. <laughs> yeah. So no condemnation. If you thought like, I'm already behind. I'll wait till next January to start reading the Bible. Don't do that. Just read now. Just, it's fine. You're fine. Um, but this week, First John chapter 2, just some powerful uh, few small chapters, small books, It says this in verse 7, Dear friends, I'm not writing you a new command, but an old one, which you have heard since the beginning. This old command is the message you have heard, yet I'm writing you a new command. Its truth is seen in him and in you, because the darkness is passing and the true light is already shining. Anyone who claims to be in the light but hates a brother or sister is still in the darkness. So he's starting to give us some clues in here, talking about light and darkness. Um, He says, anyone who loves their brother and sister lives in the light, and there is nothing in them to make them stumble. 
Verse 11, but anyone who hates a brother or sister is in the darkness and walks around in the darkness. They do not know where they are going because the darkness has blinded them. So the, the light that each of us have been given is Jesus Christ himself, right? God has given us his light. He has brought light into the world through his son. So when Jesus comes and he begins to shed light in your life, it is Jesus himself living through us and in us that allows us to bring light and life to the world that's around us. How, how do we help be able to see in the darkness? It's through the light that Jesus gives, Right, It's through the, the light that he brings. And you see that they keep going back and forth between light and truth. Jesus is truth. Jesus is light. Right, Those two are like interchangeable. Light and truth illuminates where we're at. They illuminate. It brings light into our situation. I love Psalm 139, 12 says that even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day for the darkness, for darkness is as light to you. you. You see, in all the world that we live in, even when we're going to bed, it's never nighttime for God, right? And when it comes to seasons of maybe confusion or uncertainty, the good news we can all have is that God is never confused about our situation. God is never in uncertainty. There's never a moment where he's trying to figure things out. God lives in complete clarity. He lives in complete light. He lives in complete truth. And he invites you and me to bring that light into the world. He invites you and me to bring that truth into the world that we live in. Jesus is the life. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the truth, right? And if we're going to see in the dark, we've got to be able to bring truth into the situation to be able to illuminate what God is trying to do. I love Psalm 119, 105. This is it, uh, speaks into this as well. David says, your word is a lamp for my feet and it's a light for my path, right? Well, what a, what a simple but powerful reminder of what truth brings into our situation. Man, if, you feel, if it feels dark, go to the word. Feels like there's some lack of clarity, what does God say? What is his truth saying? What is his word revealing? What is he bringing to the surface for you through his word? You know what, if it's a little bit like if you had a flashlight in your hand and you're bumping through the house, you know, slamming your shins on stuff and trying to like find your way through. How many have ever done that? Come on, somebody, right? Ah! You know, and uh, hitting coffee tables and ramming into stuff. But imagine you're doing that with a light that you have literally with you, but you just never turn it on. That's similar when it comes to God's word. A lot of people are stumbling in the dark when they have a light in their hand, right? We've got a light. But what we gotta do is we gotta open it, right? We gotta open it. Think about it, it's like dark light, dark light. Think of it like that, dark light. The Bible literally says the unfolding of your word brings life and light. It literally says that. If I had coordinated this ahead of time, we could like turn all the lights off and turn them on. Back, maybe for a second. I don't know if we have a button like that, but uh, 
The light. I just flipped the Song of Songs. Hello. About to get spicy. Okay, no. That's not it. Those aren't in my notes. Um, God, God wants us to be the light and learn how to be able to see in, in the dark, and his word brings that. So when we, when we go back to uh, the story of, of King Solomon discerning, uh, he gives us a clue into here on what, when we shine the light of God's word and God's truth on something, one of the things that we can look for to be able to discern if something is true or it's a lie, if it's right or if it's wrong, if it's good or if it's, or if it's evil, one of the things that we pick up in both Solomon and in some of the verses in 1 John is this, that when he begins to listen to the storyline of the two, it seems like it's hard, to, it's hard to pick it out. They're both saying the same thing. They're both saying, I'm right. And the other person's saying, yeah, but I'm right. Sounds like our political system, right? People on uh, the Republican side are going, we're right. People on the Democrat side are going, we're right. Well, how do you know who's right? Because everyone's saying they're right. Everyone's saying they got the truth. Everyone's saying they got, and it's not just those two parties, but I'm just saying in general, when we're dealing with social or political issues, everybody's saying they're right. So you can't just go by off of the latest, you know, ad that they put on TV or social media. If anyone still watches TV, there's ads, I guess. And uh, so you can't just go by what is playing and telling you because when they say, I approve of this message, well, of course you do because it's promoting you. And you're going to say it's right. We're coming up to election in November, very important midterm election. We need to vote for what's right. We need to vote for what's true, right? But we're not going to be able to just pick that apart by whatever the politician talking head is saying to us on the TV. We got to be able to look for certain clues. We got to be able to look for how do I discern what is truth versus what is a lie. And when we begin to shine the light of God's word, what are the stories or what comes out in this story is very unique. So they both are saying they're right. And then all of a sudden King Solomon says, okay, cool. Uh, let's grab a sword, we're going to cut the kid in half, he eats half the kid, everybody's happy. Well, then as soon as, as soon as that like horrific verdict gets out, the one who really is the mom doesn't really care who gets the kid, just wants to preserve her baby's life. And instantly Solomon knows that's where the truth is. So one of the things you'll notice that if you look for life, you'll find truth, right? So Solomon knows that, man, only, only the mom would really defend the baby like that. Because the other girl's like, no, nobody's getting the kid, cut him in half. Like, that is not a mom, right? That's not happening. That's not, that's not, a, that's not the real mom. That's obvious, you know what I mean? But he, he, he gets something to come to the surface, which is identifying who is fighting for life. If you're trying to find the truth, look for those who are fighting for life. Wherever life is being defended, wherever life is being stood for, wherever life is being aggressively getting involved and saying, no, no, nobody is hurting, harming, stopping, hindering, infecting, right? Wherever there's life being fought for, that's where you're going to find truth is right with it. 
The devil is not standing up for life. He's not doing that. He, he's, he's not standing up to defend the defenseless. That's not him. He is always going to be going after the, the poor, the vulnerable. The, the, he's always going to be going after that. He has the entire Bible narrative as you see how he has gone after those who are weak. He's always killing babies in every generation. You know, all the verdicts always like, kill those under two. Kill the babies, right? Right? They're always going after snuffing out the next generation. Not defending life. Not valuing life. Man, I'm so thankful, of course, that on a national federal level that Roe v. Wade got overturned. Are you thankful for that? Well, one of the things you can find really quickly, once we all started posting about it, celebrating life, talking about life, you found out real quickly who's not on the side of truth. Everybody who uh, attacked anyone celebrating life is being driven by a deceptive demonic spirit. Now, there's just no way around that. If you are standing for the murder of the unborn, you are on the side of Satan, and there's just no way around that. There's just no way around that. But those who defend the truth are going to be those who fight for life. Right? And it's not just in the unborn setting. That is, of course, the most vulnerable, the most obvious, the most specific, and where it all begins. But in every sphere of life, all the uh, you know, gender dysphoria and you know, trying to put transitioning drugs on young children and trying to do it without their parents' knowledge at school. Like When you are harming, maiming, altering, right? A child, before they even hardly know, like, you know, what the heck their life is about and who they are. Um, that is not life. That's the side of Satan, right? So if we're trying to figure out what's right and what's wrong, look for those who are fighting for life, who are defending the innocent, who are defending the broken, who are defending the confused, even. Even in cases where, uh, you, know, the, you know, you identify that a child's got Down syndrome and, and then they're like, well, hey, would you like to abort it? You know, that way you don't have to deal with it. It's like, what? Like, like we're going to devalue a life based on any, any criteria. There's no criteria where it goes, yeah, that's the, that's the one we're going to end their life. Never. Never. There's got to be a relentless defense of life. And when you do that, you will find that's where God's at. You'll find that's where his goodness is at. Okay? Now, the, the good news is, is that maybe, you know, even talking about this gets you uncomfortable because maybe that wasn't your story in the past. Maybe, maybe you were engaged in, in either in abortion yourself as, as the mom or the dad, or you were, uh, you know, you just kind of felt like, well, it's women's rights, and so I'm just going to cheer for that kind of a deal. Um, but I want to just encourage you that as you've encountered Christ and he's begun to do a regenerating work on your heart, you will find that you get pulled towards life at a greater level. 
And that's where truth is. If you want to find the truth, look for life, right? Um, amen. You know, um, later on in, in, um, in 1 John chapter 2, he's giving a little bit more clarity because at first when he's talking about, man, if you hate your brother, then the truth or the light is not in you. You're in darkness, right? So you go, great, come on, love, right? Loving people. Loving, defending life, loving, you know, treating people with value and dignity, respect. Those are, those are signs of truth, right? But in a couple of verses later, he says, do not love the world or anything in it. It's like, wait, what? Wait, I thought we we're supposed to love people. Now he says, no, don't love the world or anything in the world. If any of you loves the world, the love of the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. So what is he, he's making a distinguishing thing here. Love people, but don't love the culture of, of sin and evil that is represented by a godless world culture. This is, again, where a lot of times Christians have a hard time seeing in the dark. They have a hard time believing because the world tells us that you cannot love somebody if you don't accept everything that, about them. But that's, that, that's a lie. That's a, that's a lie. The truth is you can love the sinner without endorsing the sin, right? And we need to be those who do that. I think I posted this morning, there's a difference between loving the liar and agreeing with the lie. Right? Come on, let's love the liar. You want to know why? Because you and me have been those liars. You and me have been those sinners. You and me have been those who've been off track and in sin and lost and broken. And somebody loved us back to life. But real love does not endorse or celebrate sin. Want to know why? Going back to pursuing life because sin always produces death. So if I love somebody, then I have to fight for their life, right? Because that's where truth, truth is always defending life. And so when I see somebody doing something destructive to their life, I'm going to do everything I can to get involved. Now, I can't force somebody to obey God. I can't force somebody to accept God's truth. That's not my job to force, but it is my job to inform. It is my job to bring light to the situation, right? To shed light on something. And then God and the Holy, you know, the Holy Spirit is going to do the work in them, but I got to bring the light. I got to bring the truth forward. I got to bring it to the table because I love people. So anytime we kind of get caught up in some ideology that if you really love people, you wouldn't, you wouldn't judge them. Again, don't let the world tell you what the Bible says. <laughs> you can't do that. We get so like freaked out. Oh, I guess we, could, we can't say that stuff. What? Read, read, read this. Listen to this. <laughs> right? Listen to God's truth. Because only his truth is going to bring the light 
that is going to bring the hope and the healing and the life that people in our world need. So how do we see in the dark? Look for life. Fight for life. Stand up for it. Uh, John 10.10 gives us, again, a very clear picture of this. He's trying to help us discern. When I'm trying to make decisions, and even politically, when I'm trying to do my best to empower the right people into office, let me go back to John 10.10. The thief, right, this is Satan, comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus says, I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. So when I'm discerning the times, I look at what... Which politician is stealing life and opportunity, right? Unfortunately, so much of our current president's administration literally is sucking the life out of this nation, out of people, out of business, out of opportunities. And there's just, it's just really sad. It's really sad that somebody would continue. Well, I mean, he's not doing it, but whoever's doing it, would just continue to enact policies that harm people's ability to thrive, right? Right? So, but God's word and any politician who fights more for the true, you know, our, our constitution, which was built on this, right? And anyone who stands up for life and truth is always going to bring a thriving economy to the mix and a thriving atmosphere to the mix because God's principles will always produce life, always produce life, right? So we want to continue, especially in a confused culture. We got a few months leading up to big election. This isn't, I wasn't really designed this to be like a pre-election message or anything like that. Um, but I just want to encourage you guys, learn how to see in the dark. And one of the biggest things you can do is look for life. Everything you see, everything you hear, every news narrative, every headline, everything trying to come at you, be, have laser beam. God, give me discernment. Help me to discern who's fighting for life here and who's fighting for death. Who's on the side of life? Who's on the side of death? And when I do that, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be able to make the better calls. I'm going to be able to choose the right decisions. I'm going to be able to go after. Of course, that's on uh, you know, a city, state, national level when it comes to election, but it's also the same thing for your own life. When you're choosing, you know, should I work for this company or not? Is it bringing life? Is it serving? Is it strengthening? Is it adding value? Okay, right? We use Public Square app to discern, is this business I'm supporting, supporting life or not? Man, you, these guys have the number one app that's connecting conservative dollars to conservative consumers. Let's be praying for success on their business. We need it. Amen. Watch you stand your feet. Let me pray. Bill, was that all right? I know it's been a while. You had to wait for that. Was that okay? Okay. Thank you. <laughs> so I had to make sure. I had to make sure. <laughs> I don't need him giving me a Yelp rating later. You know what I mean? That's... <laughs> uh, just lift up your hands. Father, we thank you. Let us, let awaken, let Bressy Ranch, God, let us be the carriers of truth that is shining a light on confusion and bringing clarity that our world so desperately needs right now. 
God, I pray you'd use us this week, use us this month, use us these next years to be voices of truth, voices that help to show where, where you know, kind of whose baby, whose mama is it really? Help us to defend life in its purest form and in every level, God. Give us that voice. Give us that discernment. Give us that wisdom, I pray, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Is anybody here in like the delivery service? Either you own a company that's got routes kind of a deal, or you are like a delivery truck driver. Anybody lift up your hand if that's you? Anybody? Can't tell if you're just raising your hands or not. Somebody? A couple people? Okay. Awesome. Just, just lift up your hand if that was you. I just felt God show me that. Father, I thank you that you're blessing their business. I pray you're putting favor around them, putting strength around them right now. Thank you, Jesus. Right over here to my left here. Remind me your name again. What? Eva. I, thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for Eva. I pray for your blessing. I pray for your anointing on her right now. I just see God uh, covering you. I see just the, just the light of heaven literally uh, just glowing off of your life. And I see everybody that you lead around you being impacted with goodness, with grace, with strength. And Father, I thank you that you're protecting her. I thank you, God, that you're guarding her life. You surround her with your favor like a shield, I pray in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And I see God just bringing fresh air into your life. God's just showing me kind of like, um, you know, like air conditioning, ventilation almost. And it's like there's even been some some attempts from the enemy to bring, uh, you know, toxic air into the environment. But it's like God is showing you how to change the filter. God's showing you how to replace some things that's going to allow for fresh air into your soul, fresh air into business, fresh air into everything that God puts your hand to. I thank you, Lord, for blessing and strength in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. 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 Before we, we head out here, would everyone just bow your heads, close your eyes. I want to ask this question. We're talking about how Jesus is the light and he is the truth. And every single one of us, many of us in the room, have already made the decision to receive that light into our soul, into our heart. Because before Jesus, it's dark, it's sin, it's chaos, it's confusion, it's uncertainty about the future. But Jesus will bring light into your soul. He will bring hope into your heart. That not only are you loved by the Father, but that He's got a future and He's got a hope for you. And maybe you've made that decision in the past, awesome. But some of you here today, you've never made the decision to follow Jesus and receive His salvation and His grace into your life. And today you're going, this is my moment. I feel it. I know God's drawing me in. Maybe you've just been coming to church for a little while, maybe even your first time. And you just know today's my day. I need to get my life right with God. I need to invite His truth, His life into my heart and save me from my sin and save me from myself and give me hope and a future. Maybe today you've never done that. This is going to be your first time. We're so excited for you. Maybe you've done this in the, in the past, but you feel like you've been running from God and 
He loves you. He's never left you, but you just feel like, man, I, I feel so distant. I want to make just a fresh commitment today to say, Jesus, I'm all in. I'm serving you. I'm living for you. If it's either one of those situations for the first time or as, as a fresh commitment to honoring God, I want you to lift up your hand the count of three around the room, and I just want to know who I'm praying with. You say, that's me, Samuel, pray with me. I want to pray a simple but powerful prayer of surrendering your life to Jesus. One, two, three. Just go ahead and lift up your hand. Let me know who I'm praying with. Awesome. Anybody else? Lift up your hand nice and high so I'm praying with. Awesome. Great. Anybody else? Just say, that's me. That's me. I don't want to miss anybody. Just one more moment. Anybody else? So good. All right, church, here's what we're going to do. We're all going to pray together with those who just raise their hand. And those who raise your hand, I want you to pray this with boldness, conviction, knowing that he loves you, he's healing you, he's forgiving you, setting you free right now. So everyone say this. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for my sin and raise him from the dead to give me life. Today, I choose to turn from my sin and follow Jesus with all my heart for the rest of my life. Jesus, baptize me with your Holy Spirit and power to live for you from this moment on. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Amen. Wow. What an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.